Hello friends and welcome back to episode two of Black Band T-Shirt Podcast. Uh, a, a, a podcast not brought to you by former Arsenal striker Isaiah Rankin. <laughs> My name's... <laughs> I was just going to say, are we stretching that far already on episode two? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes we are. Any chance to um, shoehorn in a reference to a 90s footballer, I'm going to take it. Fine. As obscure as he may be. Um, yes, my name's Ollie Connors and I'm here with my disdainful psychic of best friends, Chris Morant. How are we this evening, Chris? I'm lovely. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, Jolly good. I did notice, I didn't notice it uh, during episode one when we recorded, by the way, only when I went through to start editing that you referred to me as your sidekick. I think that's... Um, Is it? Yeah, I think that's... A, do, do, do you not do you disagree with that Monica? Uh, I think if we're talking in terms of the podcast, then that's fine. I think yeah. I think life sidekicks going too far. But sidekick and best friend. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> best friend could be a sidekick. Do you not reckon Batman and Robin were mates then? Yeah, but would you rather be Batman or Robin? Robin, because I'd have alive parents. <laughs> and who, and could, Gordon Le- who could turn down those gorgeous tights of course and I'd be Joseph Gordon-Levitt rather than Christian Bale um, like yeah um, rather be the guy who gets a snog Zoe Deschanel than the guy who has a shit fit on at the back of Terminator set <laughs> or has to play Dick Cheney or um, inevitably Trump Bale's going to be Trump, isn't he, in the, in the biopic? We can all see it, yeah. <laughs> anyway, music. That's what we're here to talk about. Um, so, yes, this is, uh, as I mentioned, this is our second episode. Um, we've recorded one, but not put it out yet. So we've not seen if there's any demand for us to come back. We've come back anyway. Um, such is the confidence of uh, two white straight men doing a podcast. Um, yes. So, just in case you didn't tune into our first episode, uh, this is a version of Chris and I's favourite pub game, uh, where we take a band and rank their albums in order from worst to best. And today we are taking on New Jersey's finest, The Dillinger Escape Plan. Uh, Chris, this, yeah, um, has been wonderful. Again, uh, going back over the discography of Dillinger, as we'll call them for short. Um, thought, initial thoughts, musings on the Ninja Escape Plan? I've not had a lovely time, Ollie. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. I've so, had a wonderful time. What, what? <laughs> oh! Uh, uh, yeah. I, so, I've been, I've been trying to think about... We've not had nearly as many like conversations, especially in-depth conversations, about Dillinger as we have no. some other bands I feel yet we both yeah. kind of know it's an unsaid thing that they're just like one of the greatest essentially yeah um, but I did realise doing this listening like I did last time listening through to the albums from like in order of release that very rarely do I listen to a Dillinger Escape Plan album there's, there's not often many times in my life where I sit down and that's what I think I want to listen to a Dillinger Escape Plan album. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame, because now that I've spent a week and a bit doing that, I've very much enjoyed it. But it's just... its You have to be in the right place. It's so intense. Um, okay, so... Listeners, we should explain that we're doing this over Zoom and um, our connection is a little poor tonight. So uh, I lost Chris for a second there. So yeah, um, you've never really uh, sat down and listened to a Dillinger album really before. Um, I have, but I think each of them, not certainly not in double figures. Uh, right. Most uh, some some of them once. Uh, okay. And some of them probably I don't know. Yeah, not a lot. I've dipped in and out a lot. 
Yeah, so I think I've listened to my number one and number two a lot, at least in the double figures. And uh, my number three, I've certainly listened to lots. But um, yeah, you're right. Like, um, you'll get a, a new... Uh, a new Dillinger album will come out and you'll get excited about it, but it only kind of lasts a couple of weeks because you kind of know what you're getting with a Dillinger album, as amazing as they are. Um, you know, it's it's always fresh and it's always innovative, but um, uh, yeah, you, you, you don't tend to listen to their discography much outside of the stuff you love. Um, but go, still, though, going back through their discography like you say, In Order was an incredibly rewarding experience because it shows just how much the band grew and grew uh, over time. Yeah. Um, Cool. So before we go into um, the ranking, uh, there's just a few bits I wanted to cover. Like last time, I wanted to um, go through some influences. Um, I don't think there's any really obvious ones like there were for Biffy. Um, I think, well... The biggest one I could think of is uh, Faith No More and Mr. Bungle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, obviously, at the time when Calculating Infinity came out, 1999, um, there, um, the Boston hardcore scene was doing their sort of thing before them. Uh, you had bands like Botch and Early Converge and even Cave In. Um, Drowning Man as well, Coalesce, yep. um, Neurosis as well, uh, had elements of sort of mafia material uh, at this point in their career. Um, so yeah, they, they would have been a, uh, a big influence on Dillinger. And um, there's the, I hate this term, but IDM. Uh, so like Aphex yep. Twin, Square Pusher, Ortecra, uh, Venetian Snares. And um, I'm going to sound terribly white saying this by not naming any artists, but the general concept of jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I think <laughs> I think that is obviously, and I think they have acknowledged that, haven't they? That jazz is like a direct kind of, even if not influence, but a direct thing they try to incorporate. I think um, I think uh, Chris Penny and Ben Wyman are jazz school educated. Yeah, which which absolutely comes through. Like, yeah. Again, I, I, like we can talk about that more as we go through the albums. But I, it's it's something that I've always used. I realised I've always used to describe them to people who are kind of maybe into the kind of thing, and I think it might be interesting. Is is jazz metal essentially? Yeah, there's, there's a yeah. lot of elements that it could be described as that. Yeah, um, a couple of hidden influences as well. Um, Ben Wyman, their their guitarist, is um, uh, one of his favourite bands of Radiohead. He has a tattoo of the two people from the Meeting People Is Easy DVD cover, okay. the one with the briefcase in hands and um, handshaking, and um, Metallica as well. Greg Pusciato has talked about how uh, "And Justice for All" is one of his favourite albums of all time. Okay, that figures. Um, Some, someone you haven't mentioned that I think I hear in. Greg's voice quite a lot in in certain moments of certain songs and I'd say to an extent in in some very specific songs instrumentally as well as Nine Inch Nails yes definitely massive yeah yeah, um, yeah especially from when Greg comes in onwards yeah massive yeah. influence on him and uh, well and not only Nine Inch Nails but that general um, 80s sort of yeah. electro scene in general Depeche Mode and definitely I was be... going to say it's that yeah it's, it's early Nine Inch Nails that comes through yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I thought you were going to say there vocally um, another one for Greg is uh, Chris Cornell and Soundgarden. Uh, okay, no, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, my thoughts on that are mainly influenced by the fact they covered Jesus Christ page for the plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, it does good, do a good impression. Um, the other influence I kind of wanted to point to is for... 1999 what might have influenced Dillinger is not being a new metal band yeah <laughs> yeah actively trying not to be perhaps yeah yeah um like by by sort of 97 98 when when they were first forming and recording new metal had already started to become stale and um the early promise had 
already become like Spineshank and Static X and Cornrun um, uh, Life is Peachy they were already kind of done with New Metal um, Marilyn Manson uh, was the biggest artist in the world and not really New Metal act no. um, but um, something I thought earlier is that um, they may not be influences but uh, I think Slipknot and System of a Down whilst also kind of not being new metal bands were a prism through which people could understand a Dillinger escape plan. So you got systems, eccentricity and technicality without being wacky and um, slip slip knots mix of extremity and melody. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, talking of their accessibility, um, I just wanted to posit something to you now. Dillinger aren't, aren't really a hardcore band. Um, like, if anything, you'd call them mathcore or metalcore. Um, like, certainly metallic hardcore. Um, but hardcore is one of those few genres out there that's never really had a moment in the mainstream sun. Um, the closest you could probably come is Hatebreed. Yeah. to being a true uh, for, for true crossover appeal um code orange still could but in my opinion they've gone a bit too weird on the new I, album I, yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't have considered them hardcore yeah yeah um but um other than hate breeds are dillinger the second most successful hardcore bands i mean as well there was a moment with gallows when they had a million million pound record deal with warner and they had like yeah. big bent venues but um yeah, like Dillinger. I, I suppose it depends how you measure success. Because, like, how would, like, would you put Converge in there? Well, Converge, um, I think are Converge. I think are more of a cult um, offering than Dillinger. I mean, not saying Dillinger aren't a cult band, but Dillin- um, Converge maybe don't play the same sort of slots and festivals no. that Dillinger do. Yeah, no, exactly. Or did. And. Um, Yes, talking of them live. Now, we were just talking then. Um, we only saw them live together once, and that was the only time you saw them, yeah. uh, which is Arc Tangent in 2015. I can't remember the year. All I know, it was it was after One of Us is a Killer and before Dissociation. Yeah, that would put it right. Yeah. right uh, 2014, 2015. Um, so... <clears throat> I wanted to just pause it really um, you've only seen them once so this isn't really a conversation but <laughs> I think if I was putting together the 20 best live bands I've ever seen I think Dylan Drew went in with a shout of getting to number one they they were always at the top of my list for bands that I wanted to see which is why I was so excited when they got announced for that year Uh yeah, and something I would say as a yeah. like testament for how great they are live is they're one of those bands. Now, me, me and you have talked about this a lot, but for the sake of this, they're one of those bands that were one of the last kind of heavier, weirder bands that uh, Alex, my brother, got into. Mm. And for years, years, I was trying to convince him that they were more than just <laughs> random noise, which, which. It is what I I think pretty sure was basically my reaction the first time you played them to me, right? Um, <laughs> and he just wasn't having it at all to the point where he was stood with me watching that Arc Tangent headline set, and the moment it finished, he turned to me and basically just went, "Yep, get it." <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that shows how good they are as a live act that they can turn someone who was adamantly just like, no, this is bullshit. It's Emperor's New Clothes bullshit. <laughs> um, should also mention, just before we get into the rankings, um, if you listen to our last episode about Biffy Clyro, um, at the end of the podcast, we do a, uh, a top five, um, and, and the niche of the better. I think, yeah, should we just call the segment that, the niche of the better? The niche of the better, yeah. Sick. Uh, okay, and um, uh, for this week, um, D- 
doing Dillinger isn't sort of, is sort of uh, we're sort of planned in advance because we've had not only a new solo album by Greg Pusciato this year, but also a new Killer Be Killed album. Um, so in honour of that Killer Be Killed release, we're going to do our top five songs by supergroups. Um, I was just wondering before we get into it, Chris, have you listened to either the Greg album or the new uh, Killer Be Killed record or both? I haven't listened to the Greg album. Um, I didn't. I don't even know if I'm aware. What what name is it under? It's just under his name. Yeah. No, no idea. I didn't even know that existed. So I'll be listening to that. Um, but uh, but the Killer Be Killed album, I've listened to once through. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, so the Greg album's good. Um, it's basically a Black Queen record with a bit of screaming. Cool. Okay. Uh, like some faster bits but there's there, there's definitely a lot of material that's still hanging over from um, from his Black Queen guys and um, yeah Killer Be Killed it's it's fine I think um, my problem with it um, so I'm not as big I don't think it's fair to say I don't like Mastodon or um, Sepultura or indeed Soulfly because mm. Soulfly are really Max's band now that he's been in them nearly twice as long as he's ever in Sepultura yeah. um, but um, uh, anyway I don't think I like Mastodon or Sepultura slash Soulfly as much as I should and part of that reason the reason for that is Troy's and Max's vocals uh, yeah, I have other. So, for me, the thing I liked most about that album, about the new Killer Be Killed album, is those three vocals together. Yeah, and, and the combination and interplay between them all, because I think they're all very different, and I quite like. Yeah, that's I quite true. like how that all works. That was quite made it quite a unique thing musically, considering you've got some of metal's most innovative and kind of successful musicians in there. I just found it pretty, um, like, I don't want to say lazy, but, like, pretty by numbers. To 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 quote from uh, Lars Ulrich in Some Kind of Monster, it's so stuck! <laughs> it's so stuck! <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, it just, I, just, I listened to it and I thought, yeah, it's it's just a generally fine metal album. Yeah. Basically. It's de- decent enough. Yeah. Alrighty, so uh, yeah, we're going to now rank the Dillinger Escape Plan's six albums from six to one. Chris, you go. You can go first. I'll let you do that. Cool, um, yeah, you went first last time, didn't you? Let's, let's do yes, that's true. Then. That's true. Cool. Okay, okay, cool. So your number six is my number six is Ironworks. Snap. Yeah, I thought it might be. <laughs> Okay, uh, you're number five. Now, this... Uh, hang on. Uh, there we go, there's the one with my ranking on it. Just to make sure I'm not getting it confused, because I have changed the order of this today. <laughs> just, right. Just, just to, uh, yeah, my number five is Calculating Infinity. <laughs> Christopher. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to give out your Twitter handle at the end, because you'll just get... <laughs> Oh, Pelters, I'd bring it. Pelters from old Stillinger fans. Yeah, you're a brave soul. I'll give you that. Um, my number five is Option Paralysis. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still reeling, to be honest, from you putting Calculate Infinity Fifth. That's that's quite that's quite something, Chris. <laughs> uh, uh, number four um, yeah okay I, I mean you're you're gonna I, I'm, I'm worried for your reaction to this one this was the one I was expecting you to be slightly more annoyed at number four's Miss Machine okay <laughs> wow <laughs> wow 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 I, I have reasons we'll go into reasons later don't worry woo wah wee wah uh, my number four is dissociation. Wow. Okay. This is going to be an even more interesting conversation than I thought. I thought it was going to be interesting, but this is going to be I really, really interesting. I cannot fucking wait for this. Okay. So number, number three, th- yeah. Number, yeah. Number three, and this only got changed today. Number three is option paralysis. Okay. Uh, my number three is one of us is the killer. 
Okay, which is my number two. My number two is calculating infinity. And my number one is dissociation. And number one for me is Miss Machine. Well, (laughs) (laughs) we have much to discuss. (laughs) So first of all, Ironworks, which I only just worked out when I was looking at it just now, is a pun on fireworks. Has it taken me 13 years? Is it meant to be? I reckon so. I hadn't ever considered that either, but it works if it is, yeah. (laughs) Um, Chris... I wouldn't. I don't want to go with why is Ironworks the worst Dillinger Escape Plan album, but is there any particular reason? I mean, Ironworks uh, is the least best. The thing is, right? It is. It is a Dillinger Escape Plan album, so it's obviously not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, it was. It was my clear last place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't. Didn't really need much thought for that. Yeah. To be honest. Um, my main reason being it it doesn't really feel like a full actual album to me mm. the, way, could, the thing I've, I've realised again I realised this yesterday as I was listening back through it again it reminds me of like those albums that get released posthumously from artists that have passed on and they've got like a collection of unfinished Recordings and things that other people get together and finish off, or just release a compilation of this unfinished work. To me, it feels like one of them. Um, yeah, uh, I think if I was to be really, really harsh on Ironworks, I still like it. But if I was to be give my hardest, harshest criticism of it, it's that it's a two-song wonder of a record. I'd go with yeah, nearly. I think there's one other that I think gets close to them, but yeah, that and that and that is the problem. It's okay. I also think my my main and I have a main issue with it is just the like the order of the tracks and the pacing of it is all over the place. Mm, mm, mm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's an odd record. Um, for my worst part. Um, <laughs> Do you remember that tweet uh, <laughs> that murdered Black Mirror um, that said, uh, next time on Black Mirror or what if phones spit too much? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, my worst part of this record is what if experimentation but too much? Yeah, I think that could come into it. I think that kind of is similar to... My, so I've, I've put as my worst part track listing, but... <laughs> kind of more to do with the yeah. fact that from track what what is it track four sick on sunday mm-hmm. uh, and i'll talk about right. this now if you don't mind as well like i've put sick on sunday as my worst track yeah go for it um for okay. this reason uh for this reason because it you've got that one which is like you know on all the dinner drums you have their kind of shorter either um like either a instrumental or kind of electronic or experimental like interludes as it were mm-hmm. and I'd say Sick on Sunday is basically feels like a bit of that it's a welcome break from the intensity of Dillinger Escape Plan but it comes after Black Bubblegum which is not an intense Dillinger Escape Plan song Okay. Normal, normally they get those tracks right because they come in between some really intense ones whereas mm. this comes after one of the more accessible ones mm. feels just like a bit of a mash of random ideas that then suddenly ends just as it's getting going to mm. go into another weird instrumental song <laughs> which is then broken up by a very short actual full on band song to go into another weird instrumental full start song again Yeah, like why have they got those four tracks together makes yeah. no sense to me yeah I see what you mean um, okay, but um, if you've just mentioned your worst song, uh, my worst song on Ironworks is Dennis History because I was listening to it and I came up with something. I think Dennis History, and we'll go into why this might be later, is Dillinger's sarcastic Coheed and Cambria impression. <laughs> it's got a lot of the Coheed tropes on it. Dennis history okay 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, I, yeah, I had it as a contender for favourite. Okay. <laughs> that was the that was the one I was saying would be up there with the other two for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, what is your um, what is your best song then? Uh, well, I mean, we know what two we're talking about. It's Blood Bubble Gum yeah. and, Mil- and Milk Lizards. Um, yeah. Which, which, which do you go for? Um, I went with Black Bubble Gum in the end. Milk Lizard wasn't as good as I remembered it being. Good. Okay. So, what? What? what why? Why is it Milk Lizard as good as you remember it being? Um, it's not that. It's not like it's still. You know, it was still in contention for to be what the, the best one. Um, but. Mm. I remembered it being this like standout Dillinger track, right? Um, and actually, it's just because it's one of the more enjoyable tracks on a fairly less enjoyable album. Um, yeah. My favourite thing about it, uh, again, which was my what I've put down as my best bit of the album, mm. was the '60s superhero uh, brass section. Yes. <laughs> Um, Sounds yeah. like it's come straight out of sixties Batman. Yeah, um, my 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 best part is um, is on that song, and it's how uh, Greg sings uh, a lack of disease. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've put I've put here uh, a bit like every time I die with trumpets and jazz piano. Okay, they sound to be more like horns than um, the trumpets. I don't know. <laughs> it just it just it just made a satisfying sentence uh but but the every time i die thing i think the guitar like the guitar uh sort of groove going all the way through it and things is very every time i die um and his vocal at times actually is pretty buckley-esque interesting you say that because it do you know why it's called milk lizard i don't know because they thought it sounded like a cross between noise rock bands harvey milk and grunge's the jesus lizard uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't get either of those from them. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I think, and again, it's got like a solid chorus, but it's quite it's reminiscent great chorus. to me. It is, but it's quite reminiscent of the Farewell Mona Lisa chorus, but not quite as good. Okay. I see ya. I see ya. I see where you're going there. Is, is how. So again, like, knowing I would have heard that this album before Farewell Mona Lisa. I would have liked it a lot more. Now I know that Farewell Mona Lisa's out there. It's not quite as good. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay. Anyway, but Black Bubblegum's my favourite because it's an absolute party smasher, not like <laughs> the track Party Smasher. <laughs> uh, which wasn't intentional, I just realised that. No. Um, but uh, yeah, again, for Black Bubblegum, all I put in my notes was watch me put this on at a party and have a lovely time while everyone else looks a bit confused. <laughs> what you wanted to feel? Yeah, it's. It, yeah, I've it's also great. put it's dripping in sass. <laughs> Very much is no. And yeah. is that the shadow of Mike Patton? I hear. <laughs> um, I think the shadow of Mike Patton is overbearing through a lot of Dillinger. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, um, few few times more so than that song. Um, okay, I think. I think we're pretty done there on our works now. Did you, I, you, you? Did you go with the same for for those two for your top? Yeah, be, best on best on milk lizard. Oh, me. you went milk lizard for best. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I just think Fair. it sounds like total car chase car chase music, and it's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. I'm pretty desperate to move on here to what is going to be the biggest talking point of the whole podcast, which is... I didn't realise this. Genuinely, I didn't realise this. That you've put calculating infinity. So I'll tell you why it's so controversial. Um, basically, it's, it's considered in these sort of circles, in like beardy people who like hardcore circles to be up there with Botch We Are The Romans, um, Converge Jane Doe, Refuse Chaper Punk To Come, uh, and uh, Cave-In's Jupiter as complete landscape-changing records. And Yeah, I can see that. See- and I think it sounds a lot like those bands, but the reason that Dillinger are so great is because they grew from that. 
Okay. Okay, well, here we go then. Your six and my number two. <sighs> Calculating infinity. <laughs> what have you done? Uh, right, okay. I, so, I, okay, so this is where I'm going to bring back something I said earlier. It's not an Emperor's New Clothes thing, but I feel like it's a reputation thing. This was obviously a massively game-changing album, right? Yeah. Massively game-changing. It's obviously an album that, because of this album existing, influences so much music and so many bands still now. Yeah. Right? One of their albums had to be the first album. It just happened to be this one. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's the best one. Like... There's, there's no way near as much kind of uh, subtlety or as much variation or, like, I'm not... I, so, what's his name? The original Greeks vocalist. Uh, Dimitri Minikakis. Thank you. Like, his, I'd say his vocal is more ferocious and intense than Greg's, which is saying something. Um but it feels like he only really has that one gear. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've got for my worst part of this record is that Dimitri Minikakis isn't Greg Pusciato. Yeah, like if, if, <laughs> if Greg was on this album, two things. So if Greg was on this album, and if they had the fortune of writing and recording it not in 1999, when production standards were focused around, and this is what you were saying earlier, and I thought it was interesting that you mentioned it, around new metal bands. Right. It, was, it sounds probably, so probably, late 90s. Probably probably not where bands like Dillinger were recording. The sound is... Like Slipknot, the first Slipknot album sounds incredibly similar production-wise. Like, it's that, late, it's that late 90s metal thing of the drums being really thin. So they recorded this with Steve Evitz. I'm just getting up his Wikipedia page uh, to see what else he's done. Um, uh, but, um, yeah... Ross Robinson, he isn't. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a hardcore producer. He did the first yeah. Hatebreed record. Um, he did uh, Snapcase, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Silence, um, Earth Crisis. Uh, yeah, so he, yeah, he's a hardcore producer, not a new metal producer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's, that, it's, that, it's more around that, that era, that late 90s kind of thing. The drum sounds were all very metallic I suppose like very kind of uh, dry I want to say and quite thin okay. and the guitars are all quite thin like it's it's just it, it sounds like it's from that time which I'd say it's the only Dillinger album that has that like even Miss Machine which is only what four years later the step up and difference in the sound on that yeah. on that album is massive yeah um, Miss Machine was four years later 2003 um I think, I'd, while, while I take all your points while, um, about it sounding maybe a bit uh, thin and reedy through, through 2020 eyes, I think the reason why it still stands up and why it's still my number two, I, d I didn't get on into Dillinger through this record um, to hold my hands up. I got, in, I, I got into them from um, Miss Machine onwards, but um, I went back to Calculating Infinity um, from Miss Machine and it's stayed with me ever since because there isn't a bad track on it. It's just all killer from start to finish. I would say, yeah, like with all of, pretty much all the Dinger albums, but with this one especially, um, I'm still not really sure what my worst song is. I've chosen one, but it's quite, it's quite a weak choice, if you know what I mean. It's yeah, a change. So I mean, so so it's mine, it's super petty. My, my, my worst song on this is the secret track. Okay, so I've kind of included that in Variations on a Cocktail Dress um, as my worst track. But also because I kind of think Variations on a Cocktail Dress is kind of just like this. You've got the album and then you've got that as a last track, which basically just speeds through a little best of the album. Yeah. It's like a little gallery of, and this is what you just listened to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In all its forms. And... I mean, <laughs> I, I still can't believe I'm saying this. What is the best track, the best part of your second least favourite Dillinger Escape Plan album, Calculating Infinity? 
my my best part yeah uh is a bit of a silly one but and especially for kind of my reasons for it not being one that is up there with my favorites but uh is is the intro to jim fear uh okay nice uh because it man it's ferocious yeah like the way he comes in with that vocal at the beginning of that song is just pummeling yeah uh i've said it's like a horse being let out of the gates after witnessing its family being turned into lasagna with fists for hooves (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, so there you go yeah uh and it's one. It is one of the tracks. That is one of the tracks I found a bit more satisfying in terms of like the the vocal and instrumental rhythmic interplay as well. I feel like that's something that Greg's always done really well with the band, and that this mm. album didn't have as much. Whereas that one, it, it does really nicely. Okay, um, uh, silver medal for my best part is um, where. Uh, uh, on under the running board when he goes um, uh, try to catch me three more times oh baby now don't stay away yeah that's great um, <laughs> but absolute gold medal and maybe the gold medal for Dillinger's entire career okay is the riff on 43% burnt it's I mean when it comes back in on the end of, at the end especially that snare crack back into yeah, yeah. da da um, Like, okay, so as my best friend, you can take this promise with me. Depending on how sociopathic I'm feeling when I die, <laughs> will, will you let them burn me up to the rift to 43% burn? It's not a question of letting, mate. If you will it, it happens. <laughs> just, just cycling over and over. <laughs> until until everyone's left. Everyone moshing in the pews to da 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 So I did So interestingly I have said that I've not made that many notes for that song, but what I have said is that it's a rare case of a fade out being acceptable. <laughs> um because you don't want that riff to end and the idea that it fades out lets you think that somewhere they're still playing it. <laughs> yeah yeah like um, now what three years after their break up they're still playing yeah, they're it. still there still playing it yeah. <laughs> 21 years and still going um, yeah I, I'm, I'm this is something that becomes a bit of a recurring theme with Dillinger for me being either a good or a bad thing in, in you know uh, is, is fade outs I hate fade outs generally as a thing as a principle I just I can't stand them but Dillinger have a few songs where they use it quite creatively and, and it works. And that's one of them, I think. Even though it is a standard fade out, that riff fading out just works. Mm. Okay. Um, another thing we should talk about that's technically a best part for this record is that, obviously, as we said earlier, Miss Machine wouldn't uh, come up for another four years. So, uh, And in that time, they got their new vocalist, Greg Pusciato, so technically, on the touring cycle for this record was the incident when Greg shot on stage at Reading and threw it into the crowd. Uh, whilst, whilst telling them, this is what you're going to see later on, later on today. And turns out he's right, because they're going to see Puddle of Mud in the Offspring. I was about to say, it's that kind of shit that puts people off even considering listening to bands like this. <laughs> but now you've said who he was talking about. <laughs> uh, offspring may be slightly harsh at that time. Well, um, this was if it was con- Offspring now, then absolutely fair enough. This was but- conspir- This was conspiracy of one Offspring, which is not a terrible record, but does have original prankster on it. <laughs> which, which, yeah, okay, which, which could deserve a shit flinging on its own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can we start referring to songs like that from now on in our daily life just as shit flingers? <laughs> um, right. Uh, your best song on Calculating Infinity. Again, tricky. Now, I, I feel at this point, because this may have some impact on, on why it's my number five. Mm-hmm. And it's also why I've really struggled to come up with a best and a worst. This is... It is probably the Dillinger album I've listened to the least. 
Okay. I think I've listened to it, including this week of going through it, I think I've listened to it three times. Right. I think so I've listened to it once beforehand and twice go, this week. There you go, angry people in, a, in, in your 40s. He's not mad, he just hasn't listened to it enough. I, I, don't get me wrong, I absolutely <laughs> get... We are talking about the fucking Dillinger Escape Plan here. Ranking their albums is a ridiculous task to start with. Um, but, and I absolutely get, I get why people who would have been into this kind of stuff at the time, or even kind of... I didn't even really get into them on Miss Machine. Mm. Um, so I absolutely get why those kind of people and people who are more into hardcore than I am and people who are more into that kind of... It's taken me a long time to get over the kind of macho-ness of this kind of music. Right. I don't uh, think they didn't just go on a particularly I, macho band. You can't say that for Calculating Infinity. <laughs> it's It stinks of testosterone, this album. It's more technical than meat-headed. But it's the least technical. Okay. Mm, not sure I agree with the riff on six. It's, but I have said I have I have I did make a note to say it's probably one of the most comparable to jazz at the same time. So mm. I get what you're saying. Um, and I think a lot of my opinion, that opinion that I have of it, is is from the vocalist. Um, of what we said before of him just being on a hundred percent rage most of the time. <laughs> um, and I do, yeah, I, I get it. I get I get that appeal of it, and I get that for this kind of thing. It's an incredible album. It's just not what I love about Dillinger Escape Plan. Right. Okay. As much as the others. Um, yeah. So the best I went with in the end was uh, Clip the Apex, Except Instruction. Oh, nice. Okay. Because He's that awesome. was one of the ones that I felt like had more of those kind of more varied elements that I do like in latter stuff. Mm-hmm. I okay. like particularly, I've tried to write phonetically to remind myself there's a lead guitar part uh, that I... I can't remember exactly how it goes, but I've written as a little high-pitchy, wibbly bit. Yeah. It's really nice. It kind of cuts through. I know exactly what you're talking about, so you did well there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no great no great shock, considering I just said it's the best riff Dylan Trevor wrote, but my favourite song is 43% Burnt. This is also a live thing. Um, I saw them a lot more than you did, and yeah. it was all. It would, it would always be the closer from from the moment it kicks in with "I smell that high," just onwards, just complete fucking chaos, yeah. and especially when 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 like I say, the snare crack happens, that riff come back comes back in, just panda fucking modium like <laughs> people getting rugby tackled children crying <laughs> uh, Greg walking over heads this Ben Wyman backflipping of a speaker stack you know this Mars the god of war in the corner just going calm down everyone <laughs> <laughs> oh something something that I meant to mention and haven't by the way just come up as a low light is is the choice of weekend sex change as a song title. <laughs> it is nineteen ninety nine, therefore they can be forgiven. But... Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I don't want to talk about Miss Machine yet. Um, no, so... fine. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to do calculating infinity and Miss Machine twice in a row and throw it away. No, 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 that's absolutely fair enough. This early, so we'll come back to that later. Um, my number five and your number, I think it was three or two. Three. It was two until this afternoon, and I changed it to three. Is option paralysis. Um, yeah. Okay. So we obviously have some quite different thoughts about this one. Um, again, uh, so why? Why? Uh, why is let's let's, pro- let's let's go on. Let's. I want to hear from you first. Then, so seeing as I've just explained why I don't like your number two. Okay. 
So I think, well, I, I, um, first of all, to get it out of the way, I don't not like emo- Option Paralysis. Um, I think it's a good album. Um, I'm just... Okay, so... Um, I was going to do this later, but fuck it, I'll do it now. Um, I think... Um, I put it at number three, so I obviously think this, but I think One of Us is the Killer is immensely underrated. Um, and um, it's one of... Uh, one of Us is the Killer is one of... Um, a few records that I wish I'd put in my top albums of last decade. But, um, along with Every Time I Die's Low Teens and Daughters, you won't get what you want. Mm. But for some reason, um, I'm not making the same argument about option paralysis or diso- uh, dissociation. Not that I don't like those records, but I think the key thing for One of Us is the Killer, and I'll go into this more later, is Momentum. And I don't think option paralysis has that at the, um, to the same extent. It may it may have some better songs, but it's got it's got a weak opening, a weak closing, Whoa. a weak closing, and um, yeah. Wow. But, well, okay. Let's let, 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 yeah. Let's um, let's go into that. So, okay, up until now, openers on Dillinger Records have been Sugarcoated Sarah into 43% Burnt, Panasonic yeah. Youth into Sunshine the Werewolf, yeah. and Fix Your Face into Leech. Now, while Fix Your Face might be a bit Panasonic Youth Part 2, Fix, the face, Fix Your Face into Leech overall is stronger than I love Farewell Mona Lisa, but they're better that sort of thing that Farewell Mo- Mona Lisa does elsewhere on this record. And um, I can't even remember the second, what the second track on Option Paralysis is. So there you go. It's not that there's a lot of bad stuff on this record. Uh, just looking through the track listing now. Um, Chinese Whispers and I Wouldn't If, uh, if You Didn't are both fantastic. Uh, one of my best... <laughs> Sorry. One of, my, one of my best parts is the snare crack on Room Full of Eyes. Um, yeah. uh, I just don't think the album really gets going until Gold Teeth on a Bum. I, lo- I like Mo- Farewell Mona Lisa, don't get me wrong. I just don't think Good Neighbours all that, all that much. And it... Uh, it, um, it ruins... Dillinger's perfect record thus far of brilliant one-twos. I agree with Good Neighbour. I think it's a very mediocre number two. Yeah. Uh, but Farewell Mona Lisa, I think, especially after this week, is is, is up there for my favourite Dillinger song. Wow. Okay. I, I think up there for my favourite Dillinger song. I mean, okay, so is that your best song? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like so, I just, I, I, can I just walk you through this? We've got ominous opening chords into classic Dillinger chaotic rage into yeah. stompy riff into yeah. that nice little unplugged electric guitar little tremolo the into that into the bumblebee guitar <laughs> uh, with the gothic backing vocal going on over the back of it. Repeat yeah. that in various orders, and that's all before the beast of a chorus, <laughs> which is a fucking absolute like fist clenching in the air chorus. It is yeah. their best example of that. Yeah. Um, okay, but um, yeah. So, and sorry, oh. I completely forgot that that we would never leave bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a stunning <laughs> opener. Don't get don't get me wrong. Um, and I, and, I, and I love it um, but my best song goes for what would be my entry into uh, the best Dillinger songs of all time canon um, Silver on this record is Gold Teeth on a Bum um, yeah. I think that's an amazing song but the highlight and centrepiece of this record uh, is Widower was nearly my favourite yeah yeah it's, it's, it's an incredible song it's absolutely phenomenal yeah, uh, just cle- 
clean vocal Greg at his best, at his strongest. Yeah, and and over, I love the fact the intro that that piano part all through the intro. Yeah, is is basically lounge piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's the kind of piano you'd hear in like a bad eighties rom com in the hotel lobby scene. Yeah, but, but it works so brilliantly in this context, which it, it really shouldn't. Mm, mm. And then it comes back in later on as well. It's the, for me, it's the transitions in that song as well. Like it goes from that into into the main like the heavier part of the song and then back into that piano bit and it feels completely normal and natural that it's doing that when it is anything but so are those, are those three songs basically why you've put it so highly or is there anything else you wanted to allude to here no I think it's it'd be one of those albums it's it's one of the few Dillinger albums that I can listen to all the way through as an album without the need for like a bit of a break or without the need for recovery afterwards. Do you know what I mean? It feels and and it's it is I think it's the album I would pick to get someone who doesn't like them to try and persuade them that they could like them. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's Do you know what I mean, I think it's their most accessible. It's got it's got the most traditional kind of songs on it. Um, a bit like um, when we were chatting last time about about uh, uh, Biffy Clyro. Um, what I didn't mention about an album like Only Revolutions is that it plays a bit like a greatest hits set, and Option Paralysis is a bit of yeah, Dillinger greatest hits. Also, I've got to give it a shout out. I forgot about this completely, but I've got to give it a shout out for probably like top three cd packaging okay this was an there was an era of a few years where bands did this really well just before cds died right uh which i'd say they basically have at this point it's either Mm. vinyl or streaming for most sort of music fans now um but the, the the packaging i don't know if you ever saw it was like it had the plastic outer sleeve with like the see through band logo on it and yeah. the, obviously the collage actual artwork of yeah, the, yeah. the inner in it, which then folds out in like eight different pieces. Mm. Oh, nice. Well, um, I mean, the bands that put effort into artwork then are now benefiting from vi- vinyl re-release because it looks even yeah, better yeah. in 12-inch. Um, it's not my favourite uh, of their cover art. I'll go into that later. Um, but um, I think... I think I've covered everything I wanted to say for Ultra Paralysis. Um, best part, I had uh, the chorus of Gold Teeth on a bum. Yeah, again, yeah, I've said another another banging chorus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And best use of pluck strings since Aerogram's Nightmares on that song as well. Nice. Good reference. Good reference. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, uh, and just interestingly, I'd say my worst song was Chinese Whispers, which you mentioned as being one that you thought was quite a highlight for you. Okay, um, my worst song is Parasitic uh, Parasitic Twins. I think it's a weak closer and it's too long. Yeah, yeah, and and my low light low, uh, for considering what I said earlier is the fade out of Parasitic Twin. Mm, mm. I think it's a lazy way to end an album. Okay, and we co- we we covered my worst part is that the op- opening two is a bit weak. So. Yeah, yeah. So we've got three albums to cover, and um, we might as well do the the one we've like sort of mutually ranked lowest um, out of the three remaining, um, yeah. uh, which is one of us is the killer. Chris, um, the first part I wanted to cover here um, is my worst part of this record is the madness that this is actually considered quite a weak Dillinger record. See, I didn't realise that, and I find that absolutely mental. Yeah. It's insane. Um, this is a fantastic record. Um, yeah, right from start to finish, um, I've got my best part as the opening one-two. And I said earlier, uh, when we were covering Option Paralysis, the main thing I like about this record is its momentum. Yeah. Um, Prancer into When I, when I Lost My Bet is the ultimate example of that because yeah. uh, Prancer ends and it goes straight into that... Take! Um, yeah and uh, the record flows fantastically Um, another best part I wanted to mention is uh, I think this is my favourite cover art of theirs Um, the 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 bleeding black feather looks awesome 
I remember the first um, time I saw that, like when the, the album was first kind of announced. Uh, just yeah, absolutely loved it straight away. Mm, don't even mm. know why. Don't know what it's meant to mean. Don't know what it's meant to represent. Don't know yeah. why it's such a striking image. But it just but it's just brilliant. It it looks cool. Yeah. Um, that's that's where we're going with that. Um, what are your highlights of one of his sister killer? Um, the thing I've put down as a general highlight, kind of all the way through it, really, is I feel like they step up the backing vocals on this album. There are loads of songs. There are loads of songs with really interesting, cool, inventive backing vocals going on. Um, That's interesting. So the two that I particularly notice it in is oh shit. Now what's the song called? Soviet Hero of the um, Soviet Union. That's the one. Um, there's the bit where backing vocals start doing something that sounds like it's almost meant to replicate or be in place of like a synth or a lead guitar. Yeah. Okay. Kind of, uh, which is really really cool. Like harm, harmonized backing vocals doing something that is completely completely irrelevant to what the main vocal is doing. It's more in line with what the other guitars are doing and that kind of thing, which is, is really good. Uh, and what was the other one? Uh, Nothing's Funny. Yes. Um, um, that one. Like, it's, like, it's, it's, it's almost like a gothic choir, but without being cheesy and shit. So um, when, I, when I was researching this record, one of, this, uh, one of uh, the reviews I read that... Um, sort of pointed this towards being um, a weaker Dillinger record uh, named um, uh, Nothing's Funny as them do, just doing a Black Bubblegum part two, which I Whoa. think is absolute madness. Yeah. That's, it's a crazy good song. That's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Not saying Black Bubblegum isn't, obviously, but it's completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, what's your favourite song on um, One of His Sister Killer? I mean, I wanted to choose something, I don't know, I wonder. I don't know why I want to choose something different. Just because I feel like it's the big single off off the album, and but but one of us is the killer. Is just yeah. uh, It's an incredible song. Yeah, it's um, such an accomplished piece of songwriting. There's yeah. so many subtleties in it. That little uh, kick drum flourish that happens, like as part of the standard rhythm all the way through it, that goes off beat. Like it's uh, that, yeah. I just absolutely and the way it builds without you noticing it's necessarily built as it goes along. It's a stunning song. Yes, yeah, so it's a full house, and I think what pays testament to that is that um, I stopped listening to L- Dillinger a few days ago when I, when my notes for the podcast were finished. But the chorus of that is still stuck in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm singing it say, every day. I, I would say, obviously, when when we saw them, we've mentioned before that the one time we both saw them was the Art Tangent performance. I think. Yeah. Obviously, this album was the last album that they'd released before playing that show. But mm. that was the song that I was waiting all set to hear them play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I knew it would be a really cool moment. And and the fact that they'd already opened with Prancer. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got a worse song for this? Um, I've got, I mean... I've got a brilliantly petty one you're going to love. Okay. I mean, I have. Um, I've gone for... Two, three, seven, five, two, six, eight, two, seven, seven, arse. Um, purely because it's too long. Right. Like, it's it's a bit like the Dillinger song equivalent of that Red Hot Chili Peppers Reading set. Right. <laughs> like, it's very impressive, and it's kind of musicians that I love going, look how clever we can be, and I listen yeah. and I go, ooh, yes, clever boys. And then they keep on going, look, we're still being yeah. clever. And I'm like, yeah. yes. And they're like, we're still being clever. I know you're clever. Can we play a song again now? Um, I've also got that one, but it's because it starts with CH and ends in AIS, ARS, and that reminds me of Chelsea and Arsenal. <laughs> my my two least favourite football clubs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fine. I think that, that's the other thing I did think about it as well, is that in every other... I think I might have mentioned this before with another track, actually, maybe, but... I think with most Dillinger albums, they're so intense and so yeah. full on, you need those little techno or instrumental breaks to have a bit yeah. of a breather. And I don't feel like One of Us is the Killer as an album needs it. Yeah. Like, it, it, is, it is still intense, but like you say, it's really well paced. It's got momentum without it being constantly pummeling in your face. There's enough going mm-hmm. on within the songs to give yeah. you those breathing spaces without it being needed. Well, if it's, it's the killer, then fucking fantastic records. Uh, yeah, that brings us to the um, 
the end of part one of our Dillinger chat. We're going to um, just break in the fourth wall. Um, we're going to break for tonight because it's 20 to 10 and we're getting a bit tired. Um, so uh, t- see you after a lo- lovely bit of music from Some Savage. Thank you.